take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games. That's what I want to talk about. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. And now... Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. What better way to start season three than with something as iconic as Vanilla Ice, dude? Like, Ice Ice Baby to the extreme. September 1990. The first white boy... Significant white boy rap. This was our bro. And it was not only our It was everybody else's too, man. 15 million. 15 million copies sold worldwide. It was by far and away the best-selling hip-hop record for decades. That's incredible. However, I want to I make sure we get one thing completely straight. He was the first completely commercial pop white rapper. There was still the Beastie Boys and other dope rappers that happened to also be white. He was just the whitest of the white that came in and because of Ice Ice Baby stole the airwaves to 15 million copies. He was not the first white rapper. Okay. He does not get that title no, foul don't. on the pl- you know, flag on the play like <laughs> does right. not get that, that real credit. time fact I, check. I cannot but what's interesting mm-hmm. is that he wrote ice ice baby at the age of 16 yes 16 years old yes. when we were ripping him off at 13 <laughs> uh we were younger we than were 13 only Let's three that years up right now oh we were, wait we yeah, like sorry. 11 okay, 12 fine. okay fine fine fine, fine. <laughs> but still a handful of years younger than him, and our lyrics were nowhere near as fly as Vanilla Ice was. No, nowhere near as fly. And and I, I wanted to uh, to read something. <laughs> I, I loved. First of all, you got to read his Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's just amazing. But there's yeah. this great line here about about Ice Ice Baby, and I'm going to read it verbatim because it is so talk about white. Like, Whiteopedia. The lyrics describe Ice on a drug run that ends on a drive-by shooting while praising Ice's rhyming skills. <laughs> while praising Ice's rhyming skills. I mean, that whoever wrote that line is like, did your dad write that line? And I was thinking, whose dad is whiter? Your dad or my dad? Your dad sold insurance. Your dad, but he coached basketball. White uh, boys, your your he, dad, one hundred percent. Okay, your dad the, is way whiter than my dad. Speaking of white, of course, his name is Robert Matthew Van Winkle. Robert Matthew Van Winkle. Uh, so Rob Van Winkle, of course, but he was born in Texas and raised in South Florida. So that means he was Billy Bob. Okay, he's Bob Van Winkle. All right, he's from Texas and Florida. Yep, Billy Bob Van Winkle. All right, white is, but. You know, all right, so he was in a breakdancing group, and that's he was the only white guy in a breakdancing group, so that's where he got vanilla. And then he 
developed his posse through doing rap battles. He developed a posse, the Vanilla Ice Posse, VIP, and um, he started performing in in City Lights in Texas, which is a huge thing. City Lights is like a legit venue. Opened for NWA, Public Enemy, Tone Loke, Two Live Crew. No, 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 no. That has to be Wikipedia uh, falseness, okay? (laughs) Like, I I can't imagine even in the 80s, other than having the credit of selling 15 million copies, other than that, there is no way that any of the other rap artists took him seriously. Like, there's no way. Like, public enemy wanted Hank Shockley to sign him to Def Jam. Public Enemy tried to get him signed to their label. Get the f*** out of here. And he went with SBK instead. And SBK is the one that's like, you need to make your appearance uh, more commercial, more mainstream. So you want to you know about street cred? Vanilla Ice had some street cred. He was stabbed five times outside of City Lights in Dallas. That is f- street cred. That is that is massive street cred. I just think it's funny that he wanted play that funky music to be the hit. And yes. you mentioned commercial. Uh, they were like, no, 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 no. You're going to do Ice Ice Baby. And no, I'm sorry. No, they actually, I think they released play that funky music. And it was a DJ who literally was like, this song sucks. I'm going to play Ice Ice Baby. Yes. And then everybody was like, what is this white boy rap? I mean, this Ice is, Ice uh, Baby was the B-side on the single, on the single Play yeah. that funky music was supposed to be the hit. The hit. And it <laughs> wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> some random DJ is like, let's try the other side. And it became a hit overnight. But in, in terms of. That's one of those that like, you always wonder, like looking back on it, like, is that like how it became reported after that? Or did he just have the wrong side of the tape and accidentally play the B side? And then right. people loved it. You know, like you put the tape in backwards. Like back then, <laughs> yeah. you could put a tape in backwards yes. and be playing the wrong song. And you're not going to go, sorry, folks, and stop it in the middle of the song. You're going to play it through. So. Is it really a mistake? The case, or was it a mistake? You should have all never know. Just like a lucky accident that suddenly, boom, fifteen million records, and and the ultimate street cred. Suge Knight muscled Vanilla Ice out of his publishing rights to the song "Ice Ice Baby." Suge Knight showed up. His bodyguards muscled Vanilla Ice's bodyguards out of the way, and then he just sat there and stared across the table and said. How are you doing? And then did what? that multiple times. Took Vanilla Ice out to a 15 story uh, on the 15th floor of a hotel. Took him out alone on a balcony and basically threatened to to throw him off unless he signed over the rights to Ice Ice Baby. And that's where Suge Knight got the money to create Death 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 Row. How in the okay? First off, my mind is is I know! shooting in so many directions right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to contain the explosion of of ideas floating through my head right now. Uh, trying to dissect them and narrow them down. Why would he even feel that he had the, the right to do that? Or did he literally just muscle it out of him to get money and basically just completely like make Vanilla Ice fearful for his life to yeah. pay him? I mean, is that literally what happened? I'm guessing. I'm just inferring. That that is what happened. I've seen in TV shows 
people get hung off balconies as a way to Israel. But to find out that it really happens is like stranger than fiction. Like, what? This is really happening? Are you kidding yeah. me? Hanging somebody off a balcony and going, you're going to give me the rights to this song or splat. Like, what? <laughs> so who's more gangsta, Suge Knight or the the guy who managed Backstreet Boys and NSYNC? I mean, how many times did, <laughs> did that guy, like, hang Justin Timberlake <laughs> off of a balcony? He's like, you're going to give me your royalties, damn it! <laughs> and so, the, the thought of the thought of somebody hanging a, a soft boy band dancer <laughs> off a balcony and going, you're giving me your royalties or your dad is like really funny to me. If it was <laughs> happening to me, it would not be funny. But the thought of it is kind of funny. Now, let's t- let's talk about stealing because, OK, so, of course, I always thought I really s- sort of did think for a while that I bought the argument that Vanilla Ice like, just was inspired by that. Because, uh, by by Under Pressure, by David Bowie and Queen. And yeah. do 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 Okay? No, it is the sample. Like, that is the actual sample. He didn't just, like, redo it on bass. Like, they actually cut it and used that. And then just added the tss, And it's like, it's a completely different song. He didn't pay royalties for it. Years later, he started paying royalties for it. But then he realized it was smarter to just buy the rights to the song under pressure. And <laughs> it was cheaper to just buy the f- <laughs> song. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like, fine. <laughs> just pay for it and be done. Like, that's insane. Let's talk about Ice Ice Baby. It's obligatory. This is the equivalent of us doing our taxes as far as a <laughs> 80s and 90s retro show. We have to give some love or some time, at least, to Ice Ice Baby. Dude, when I was nine years old, you were still nine too because it was September of 1990 when it came out. There was nothing cooler. I remember wanting this song so bad. I remember recording it off the radio on a tape player. I remember playing that over and over and over again. And then I got the the tape and looking at him on the cover with his outfit and his jacket and the so early 90s look and then there's a couple pictures like with the profile kind of like my hair right now where it's like that little duck that little duck flip yeah i mean you're 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 close to it i mean his was definitely uh far more polished and refined than yours loved this tape i loved to the extreme i loved ice ice baby i could not get enough of it but the whole tape was so important to me. I mean, it was this and, you know, MC Hammer were the two biggest things in my life. And then along came Digital Underground. What were your personal experiences? I can't. I I mean, this is so, this is even difficult for me to talk about because I, I, I mean, yes, I loved this at 10. I just don't know if I ever would have put it on that high of a pedestal. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, life is a fantasy made me feel something when I was oh, yeah. listening to it. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, I never really thought of it as being like that important to my childhood. I didn't either until I re-listened to it. Like I had rejected the, how important it was and how formative it was and how much I liked it because we got cooler and, and, and you know, oh, I got cooler and I moved on to much cooler music in my life. <laughs> 
cooler hip hop and true, music. But we were already but this listening was so to stuff. Formative when we were in fourth grade or whatever, man. This was yeah. This no, no, was no, I it. get it. I get it. I get it. But like, it wasn't good having a Roni. Oh, like what? I mean, he took he took he took he took everything that was like cliche about uh, rap. Yeah. And then did it as a as a as a skinny model looking white boy with 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 tall hair. Mm -hmm. And it was like it was like he made a mockery of rap. (laughs) And then and then all of a sudden Eminem comes around years later and you're like, thank God, a white rapper who actually understands rap. (laughs) <laughs> like because i loved eminem but dude like vanilla ice i mean it was i mean it was like a parody on a parody i guess it was i'm it i'm was. ice cold uh, uh, ice cold i'm a sex machine what yeah that's a yeah. lyric that's a lyric <laughs> rasta man Oh, dude, Rasta Man is horrible. Rasta Man like, was was just one of the worst songs. That's that like makes Snow seem cool. Remember Snow Informer? Like, yeah, who did the Rasta hip hop thing? Like Rasta Man by Vanilla Ice makes Snow seem cool. Yeah, I mean, even I Love You. I mean, just to go back to about that was all complete formulated, fabricated bullshit. Like none of it was authentic. <laughs> none of dude, it. Okay, and every on. rapper did I Love You. So like, I Love You. None of it was authentic. You're telling me these lyrics aren't authentic. You're so fine. Let's wine and dine. I'm so happy that you are mine. Think of you. Thinking of you, I melt with desire. Take you in my arms. Let's take love higher. To hear you talk sounds so sweet. When you're close to me, I feel your heat. Okay, first off, there's a saxophone sound in it. Okay, in that song. (laughs) Really? Really? And you couldn't even read the lyrics without laughing. You were laughing while reading the lyrics. They're that ridiculous. The best part of the song I Love You is he does his stool song part. He does his slow, he does his talking, his boys to men. I love you, baby. All that stuff. And he goes, hello, girl. When I first saw you, it was love at first sight. We've been been going out now for about two years and I still feel the same. I know I haven't said this much before because, well, see, I get choked up inside. It's just, it doesn't want to. It doesn't want to come out. I don't know. Maybe this will help. It's like he did like this. Is, this is his heartfelt stuff, man. No, it is. There's no doubt that it. Honestly, like even though having a Roni was such a joke, I oh, swear man. to God, by the time I got to that, I was like, this is the best part of the album, and it's trash. Didn't, didn't you smile? Didn't you? Didn't it? Didn't it take you back? Did it make you feel something? Doesn't uh, the uh, cheesiness? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I mean, I did smile. Sure. Yes. I was smiling the whole time. This stuff, 80s, 80s and 90s cheese. I love it. I cannot yeah. get enough of this shallow garbage. Yeah. No, my only my only it. positive note was seriously, having a Roni is the best song in the album. And even that's stretching it. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop. New episodes every Friday. Okay, how about Hooked? You liked... She uses men like paper plates. She tears them up and she throws them away. She uses men like dirty diapers. She uses it once and then she throws you out. (laughs) 
genius. I, I I liked the uh, the musical tone of Hooked. I think more than I liked the lyrics. <laughs> okay, stop that train. Listening to this, sh- we're not going to get into the specifics of stop that train. It's the second real track on the, the second song on the album. Stop that train. I want to get off. It describes a disturbing S and M experience that he has, where Vanilla is is scared like. I don't do, he's like, I don't do, uh, whips and handcuffs. And like, he's, he's like, please stop. And it's like, he's describing a, a very dirty SM experience. Oh my God. Listen to it again, and- completely glossed over on my listening last night. You know, what's interesting. And this is what, this is what chaps, ch- uh, chaps my hide on, uh, <laughs> music today. Yeah. Notice how you can listen to these, uh, tracks and completely enjoy the tones, like you talked about, yeah. hooked. I immediately, I immediately knew what the tone and the sound was. The music. You talk about Ice Ice Baby. You talk about <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and and it makes me smile. Yes, but then, but then Maybe in sings. those lyrics, some. <laughs> I mean, in that music, they're putting all of the some really dark, <laughs> like oh, some massive man. dark stuff. But you can still kind of bop to it. You can still kind of dance and feel good while listening to it. Whereas today, everything's just heavy. Everything has to be heavy and dark. And it's oh, yeah. like, it's like we got to have dark lyrics with dark tone. What happened to well, contrast? Like, Where's like, the contrast? You're right. Like dancing. Dancing makes you want to da- dancing, dancing, dancing. And yeah. it's got the, it's got that, go on girl, show me what you got. Like Jackson 5 sample in it. Yeah. And it's got that kind of dark. That's like dancing. It's like it's like an evil time warp in the middle of the song. Like Yeah. It's like it's like I'm expecting to get transported into a nightmare. speaking of the so all of these are samples. All of this was back when you could sample things and not really have to pay for them. Yeah. Until the laws got changed in the like the mid nineties. Go ill. Go ill was the song that Go ill, go ill, get on up. Go ill, go ill. See, we gotta do video because I'm dancing in a suit and a sweater vest. Go yeah. ill, go ill, get on up. That's the song that I went back and was like, this is this is the diamond in the rough. This is why you do a nostalgia cast to find stuff like this. And it's got yeah. the kazoo. It's got the kazoo thing from let me clear that throat let me clear my throat. <laughs> and that's that's the nine hundred number by forty five uh forty five kings, and also you may remember that from the movie Bring It On with Kirsten Dunst, where she goes and watches the other girls do it, and she's just got that mouth open, staring, mouth breathing. I think it was two thousand. The minute you said that, my uh, my my spidey sense went off. It was like, I th- but it was made minute. in 1999, surely. So no, you called me out on our own show for that. <laughs> you are you called me out on my on our own show for that. I almost said my show. You called me out on my show for that last season. So doesn't count. The song "Ice Cold." It has so many samples on it, including that. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. And woo, yeah, I'm gonna rock right now. But he's he says these lyrics are just 
you gotta love this. You've got to love this 90s cheese. Just a pimp and you know, snatching women, so yo. You can beg, plead, or tell me you love me, but there's no way I'd put a girl above me unless it's sex and you want to ride. Jump on my saddle, baby, and get live. What the? Lick what? Your... <laughs> what? I would never put a woman above me, but uh, unless it's sex? <laughs> Be on the lookout in your vicinity. I'm robbing virgins of their virginity, like Robin Hood gave to the poor. <laughs> oh... My OMG. So what made this so good when it was so bad? Because it's not we like... We didn't know any better. Yeah, at 10. But but 10-year-olds didn't buy all the albums. 15 million is, uh, albums. That's a lot of albums. It's so because like, it was marketed directly to middle America. Like, hip-hop was niche. It was so niche. It was so urban, quote, urban. It was it was a small thing, and SBK Records took it mainstream by telling him from the very get go, "You are selling out. You are gonna wear your hair like that. You're gonna wear that jacket. My mama made this jacket. Word to your mother. You know you are gonna dance. You are going to sell out from the very beginning, and that's why Vanilla Ice exists. And it was spoon fed directly to suburbanite white." 10-year-olds, just like you and me, who didn't know any better, and this was more or less their first exposure to hip-hop. Fine, but this is also the exact same reason why he doesn't exist today. No, he doesn't. Like, do you think he redeemed himself no. a little bit with Ninja Rap? So that's 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 where Vanilla Ice ended. That's where he... Really? I mean, he, had, he jumped the shark before that, but if there's any question at all... Ninja Rap, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, where he's in the movie. <laughs> ninja, like, Ninja Rap. rap. That, okay, <laughs> would you say that's worse than Adam's Family Groove? Yeah, it is. When is I couldn't even, I yeah, had to answer my totally question. Yeah, like, Adam's, Adam's Family, Family Groove was bad enough. Like, this is way worse. Like, Ninja, Ninja Rap. rap. Go, 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 Ninja, go, Ninja, go. So if there's any doubt, that he had sold out, like, it was solidified with, with that. And that's where I had to get off the Vanilla Ice train. Like, stop that train. You I want to get off. You were becoming wiser. Yes. Like, when one year later. You realized that, that the guy that you idolized with, yes. the, with the tall hair was singing, Go, Ninja! Go, Ninja! Go! 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 go. You were like, no, I'm out. I'm out. And he's, like, doing the... The arm thing. The, the, the Arsenio the, thing. The Arsenio. It's like, he, he just misappropriated. We, we got it. Like, just imagine if you are NWA, public enemy, you are, you know, Bismarck, he, you're any of these guys from the 80s who cut your teeth and had a career of, you know, LL Cool J. All these guys are, 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 are so niche and, and not mainstream at all. And then this white boy comes along and, and 15 million albums. He was, yeah. it was the number one album for 16 weeks. That's four months. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Should they be mad? Should they be looking at that white boy going, you son of a mm -hmm. or should they be thanking him because rap was niche yeah. and it took some horrible, horrible lyrics put to some very sampled stolen music to make middle America go, you know, this rap stuff isn't so bad. 
That vanilla ice is a special kind of guy. Exactly. So so can you look at it as like maybe he helped make rap mainstream? I don't know. But like you kind of wonder. Like at, at my Chad's true self wants to to be a player hater and be like, no, what do you like you're ruining rap. Like we had mm-hmm. this great thing going, and mm-hmm. then you come along and now look at it. But yeah. then on the other hand, did that open and pave the way? for Snoop Dogg and Dre and all of these great rappers to basically from 91, 92, 93, did that open the gates to be able to sell to middle America? I I think, dude, that is a good point. That is a very valid argument. That is a good devil's advocate position. But I, I had to look it up. And the answer to that is no, because MC Hammer did that seven months prior. Please Hammer don't hurt them. Please, Hammer, don't hurt them. Jesus, Hammer, don't hurt them. Um, came out in February of 1990. This came out, To the Extreme came out in September of 1990, seven months later. So, Please, Hammer, don't hurt them. And, and, and you can't touch this was already made rap mainstream. And Please, and please Hammer, don't hurt them sold 20 million Okay. to 15 so mc hammer already it, covered that is it this is was just weird an example of white appropriation of black music is all this was okay good does is so i was gonna say does it so he doesn't get it, credit good because for some <laughs> reason as knowing that hammer was the reason it warms my heart and i'm thankful that it was not vanilla ice that made rap mainstream and that and that it it went to you know mc hammer like very thankful for that I'm glad to learn that. And speaking of that, his first Vanilla Ice's first big tour was opening up for MC Hammer. You want to talk about my dream lineup? That is Adam's early '90s dream lineup: Vanilla Ice opening for MC Hammer. Are you kidding me? That is that is the ultimate. You're wearing a sweater vest talking about Vanilla Ice uh, to the extreme. I think that I think that says it all. So. Yes, thank you everybody for joining us for another exciting season of Less Than 2000. And yeah, continue to listen to us. And And, uh, see you next week and stuff. (laughs) 